0: Okay, Um, Dave and Suniva, thanks for joining me this morning. Um, Suniva, we'll start with you. If you could just tell us a little bit about the uh, Irish programme. Right, well, uh, we have a really
1: fine programme of work this year, Grace. We've got new titles. We have world premieres, Irish premieres, and we have some archival material as well. So it's a programme that will, I think, intrigue audiences who are interested in Irish culture, but also people who are interested in documentary form. Um, the, the Irish programme also includes a programme of short titles, so that kind of gives a sense of what, I guess, younger filmmakers, how they're dealing with the documentary form. So, a lot
0: to look forward to in the Irish slate. Okay, and Dave, you're over the international material. Uh, what's that selection process like
2: for you? Yeah, um, the selection process really starts back in, uh, I guess, January and February, um, attending festivals in Berlin and subsequently Cannes, and plowing through um, literally hundreds of documentaries really, looking for themes to arise. Uh, Often you you come to a programme with your own concepts and your own ideas of programming, authorship, uh, which are waylaid by just what is actually available on any one particular year. So really the criteria that I'm looking for is to give a a broad spectrum snapshot of what's currently happening in documentary filmmaking today, <clears throat> what, um, you know, what the themes are, what the challenges are, um, uh, the subjects, trying to present that in the most diverse way possible, where there are films that would be quote-unquote conventional, that would be audience-friendly, as well as titles that will challenge people's perceptions a little bit, argue for new modes of representation and push at the boundaries, I guess, as to what people would... Uh, define as a documentary so it's about balance and it's about diversity um and if themes arise great if they don't that you are ultimately beholden to to what is um in production and and next year it'll be a whole other set of titles and a whole other set of themes will arise so it's you're you're beholden to what you can get
0: yes yeah and the um the the doc fest is a, a flagship festival for um the um the IFI. can you just tell us a little bit about
1: the history of the festival well the festival some people still insist on calling it Stranger Than Fiction and um, but Stranger Than Fiction was our doc fest that was around for many years um where I think this is our fourteenth year of the documentary festival and um, it it is proven to us that you know there is an interest in theatrical documentary I guess the form has grown over that period so that there's far more to choose from both in terms of Irish output and internationally. Um, audience's interest, I suppose, is also evident throughout the year when we, we, we would show documentaries in our, our main programme um, and, and people come along, mm-hmm. sometimes driven by their interest in the subject matter, sometimes it's the, the, the director, and sometimes it's just the, the the pleasure of sitting and watching a documentary, which I find... Um, i think is more likely to provoke discussion afterwards than than a, a drama feature film and i think you know that's part of the joy of docfest that yeah. people come in watch docs they might debate its form they might debate whether or not truths are being told or people are being misled by by uh, how, how the the, the stories are being represented, but generally, you know, there's a great buzz of chat and activity afterwards, so that's all part of the process of, mm-hmm. of documentary exhibition, I think. Yeah.
2: And as uh, Sneva alluded to, we do have a very dedicated audience for documentary. Uh, throughout the year, we would, um, in every monthly programme, have at least, I would say, one if not two documentary features on release, and perhaps standalone special events, so it's, it's the yearly culmination celebration of that of that interest where people can have one uh, very intensive weekend with guests uh, you know to to debate and discuss uh, documentary what's what's uh, what's happening now in documentary cinema
0: mm-hmm. and you mentioned form there's Eva as well um we spoke earlier Dave about um camera person yes yeah and, yes. and, and that, it, the inclusion of that, that form of documentary
2: um, tell us a little bit about it Sure, um, I was very keen um, as the programme started to come together um, I, was, I was keen to include something that was a little bit more um, experimental and unconventional and Kirsten Johnson's camera person um, it was, was definitely that, that, that fit um, Kirsten Johnson was a, a working camera person on many films uh, working predominantly in, in documentaries she worked on Michael Morris, Fahrenheit, 9-11, Citizen Four, and many other uh, very renowned documentaries. Um, And she had something of, from reading interviews with her, she had something of of an ethical crisis about what it is um, that changes when you film somebody, especially somebody in a a, a difficult um, position, for example, a a Mm -hmm. um, a, war-torn situation, how it changes that person and how it changes her as a filmmaker. So in an effort to look at those... uh, Topics, or look at that subject of, of subjectivity and objectivity, uh, explore it and tease it out a little bit. She made what is, um, I guess could be termed an essay film, um, where it's it's um, outtakes and offcuts from many films that she's made that never made it to the final edit, as well as home movies, interviews with her, her family and her mother. Um, and she's trying to tease out just how one is changed by being filmed and how it changes the the filmer now it's it's done in a very um slightly abstract way and we don't have text on screen there's no explanation there's no explanatory dialogue it is what it, it is what it is and it's up to the audience to do a little bit of work but um i think she's done a remarkable uh job it's a, it's a very profound film about quite a lofty theme, but it wears that quite lightly. um i was uh, very impressed by it when i saw it back in february and then subsequently so really validated when it, it won the big prize at the Sheffield DocFest. Um, and you know, you have those moments when you realise, okay, it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's it's it is actually decent. <laughs> so um, that was that was very pleasing, and you could feel the buzz uh, in, in the screen where people had seen it. That this was something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Certainly a documentary, but it's pushing at the boundaries of what people would um, expect from a documentary.
1: It sounds as if that's one that would be really valuable for documentary makers to see themselves, you know, precisely. Those issues are being yeah. foregrounded. And Tiger Sullivan um, who himself will have made um, films that would be collage films. Um, he's going to conduct uh, an interview with yeah. uh, the, the the director after.
2: We, we thankfully we have um Kirsten Johnson who will be doing a Skype Q&A with with Tiger Sullivan now. Um, unfortunately, the film is being released in the States on the very weekend that we are presenting it here. So sadly, she can't be with us in person, but she will be with us digitally after, this, after the screening, um, and as moderated by Tycho Sullivan.
0: Wonderful. And um, who else can we expect to hear from? The, uh, there are quite a number of Q&As set up over the festival. Yeah, well, the, the festival
1: opens with the fantastic Mattress Men, um, and it's one that people... I have heard about this great word of mouth on it and people will be familiar with michael flynn and mattress mick and um, from their Pier street premises and um, so this is a really really interesting documentary that Is probably not what you might expect it to be. Um, You might expect kind of broad humour from the videos online that are made to promote uh, the business of Michael Flynn and his mattress company. And but it's something quite other than that. And uh, it's it also I think raises really interesting issues about documentary form. There's moments within it where. One is quite shocked by how much is revealed mm-hmm. by, by the subjects, and one, one worries for them. Except that uh, the 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 filmmaker's Colin Quinn um, has such a very fine sense of responsibility and, and care, a duty of care, mm-hmm. I think, for his subjects. And um, so Colin Quinn and Michael Flynn and Paul Kelly. Um, will be along for the opening uh, night uh, Q&A after the screening of Mattress Men. And we're delighted that Ross Whittaker, who's a previous programmer of uh, our DocFest, our Stranger Than Fiction, Ross will be coming along to interview um, Colm and the other two, which is rather nice because he would have championed their, uh, Colm's shorter films, uh, which screened here in, in Stranger Than Fiction. Colm would have directed um, Bearing Arms and Needle Exchange. that that we've seen before. So that'll be one to look out for. Um, The Land of the Enlightened is another uh, Irish-slash-international film, a really interesting documentary-drama hybrid about a bunch of wild children living in Afghanistan um, as American troops are moving out of the country. And this is a film made over a long period um, by a director, Peter Jan de um, and it's produced by Fastnet Films, so this film, which is challenging in its form, it's a really lush, handsome film uh, made in Afghanistan, interesting because the children within it are directed um, rather than acting out, I mean they act out their own real lives, but there's kind of interesting smudging of the boundary between uh, mm-hmm. what is real and what is, uh, reenacted. But that will all be discussed with the producer Morgan Bush and with Nasruddin Salyuki, who's a member of the Irish Afghan community here. So I'd be really interested to hear how he responds to the representations uh, in this rather curious um, film, Land of the Enlightened. Okay,
0: um, and I'll just ask you both. You've already mentioned uh, a camera person, Dave. I'm going to assume that that's your one of your top picks, anyways. On the Land of the Enlightened, for you, Sonia. what else is the Absolutely not
2: to be missed. Will I go first? Go first. <laughs> I'm going to choose a film called uh, called Tower, which is an um, animated documentary using a rotoscoping format, which people might be familiar with, from Richard Linklater's Waking Life and Through a Scanner Darkly, that recounts, restages uh, 1966 uh, America's first mass school shooting um, in, in, very inventive, in very inventive format. It's a uh, highly original um, breathtakingly beautiful at times, animated documentary that does f- uh, I- incorporate um, voiceover and two camera interviews from um, the people who were then teenagers who were present at this um, astonishing event that took place in 1966. So I would highlight that as my, my, my personal pick, as long as all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Eva, any, any any topics? How many do I have? You get three. Oh, three. Did I, did I okay. get three as you well? More, uh, yeah, well you don't have to say them all at once. Okay. <laughs> um, the perhaps the only world premiere within the Duck fest is How to Diffuse a Bomb, Project Children, which is a really fine film made by uh, Des Henderson as the director of it uh, for Ali Katz film. It is a film about a project that was initiated in the 1970s by Dennis Mulcahy, um, an Irish immigrant in, to New York, uh, who established this program that offered kids from Belfast some respite from the, the troubles that surrounded them. So, uh, plane loads, not quite plane loads, uh, numbers of children would travel over from Belfast to initially to upstate New York um, to spend summers pottering about and swimming and fishing and swimming holes the way American children did. Yeah. But the the, the the contrast between their lives in Belfast and their lives in America um, were, were very marked. There's terrific archive within it of a particular bunch of kids, the first bunch of children who went over on Project Children and that's counterpointed with interviews with those children today or those adults today. Um, it's a really fine piece um, voiced by Liam Neeson and we're very pleased that the director, Des, the producer, Ed Stobart, will be interviewed by Susan McKay. So the political implications of this kind of activity will really be teased out, I think, in the Q&A afterwards. So that's one that we're very pleased to, to have in the programme. Okay. Okay. Back to you,
2: David. Okay, um, I'm going to shine a little light on a film called Who's Gonna Love Me Now, um, which is uh, a really moving Uh, Well, ultimately uplifting story of um, a gay man who is living with HIV in London, Um, he's Israeli and he's been essentially rejected by his family Uh, and it's his story about going back home to confront the prejudices that led to him being um, leaving, uh, almost kicked out, expelled from his kibbutz and living in London. He takes a lot of solace from the London Gay Man's Choir, there's wonderful footage of the uh, of that um, but it's ultimately um, an I found extraordinarily moving story of one man's um, journey to confront prejudice um, in his hometown um, and I think it will be one of those not a dry eye in the house people give it a go um, and if, if I'm allowed one more while I have you the are, are. while I have the mic <laughs> um, I'm going to um, shine another little light on a film called a family affair which is one of those films I'm not going to be able to say too much about because um Okay, this man wanted to make a film about his his grandmother, who's this fabulously dressed 95-year-old woman, who's an amazing persona in front of the camera. And he's trying to get to the bottom of a knotty family history, whereby she put this man's father and brother into an orphanage for a number of years, unexplained, then took them back out again. Never explained. And the family has since unraveled at the scenes because of this formative event that no one talks about so he picks up a camera and he tries to figure out just what happened and to say that it goes off in a different direction um, would be to reveal far too much but it's a fascinating <laughs> film um really one I think that will have people chattering in the foyer afterwards mm-hmm. so it's called family affair um really interesting stuff I wish I could say more but I can't <laughs> mm. um,
0: okay guys so and um, um, just. I get my third, please. Um, Okay, so a
1: film that has been very close to my heart for decades, really, um, is Rocky Road to Dublin, a film directed by Peter Lennon in 1968. It's one that some of your listeners will be familiar with. Um, uh, Peter Lennon was an Irish journalist living in Paris, and he comes home in 1968 and really feels that his peers, his friends, uh, colleagues, academics, politicians, and so on, um, really are are stifling under the yoke of a whole different set of oppressions um, having replaced um, British rule. So he he encountered what he figured was complacency among these people. So he challenges that, makes a documentary that really is unusual uh, in 1968 in its criticism or its its kind of very in-depth uh, exploration of Irish political ideology at the time, so it, here was a film that um, we in the Irish film arc have cherished, um, celebrated. Um, it was some years ago the subject of a making of documentary that Paul Dwan directed uh, for Loop Line Films, and the making of doc is is really interesting because the film's distribution history is almost as interesting as the production history. Um, Peter brought the film to the Cannes Film Festival, the the festival in 68 closed because of the strikes in Paris, um, but they managed to screen Rocky Road to Dublin, not only at the festival, but subsequently to the the Renault car strikers in their factory um, as something to uplift them and to show them that um, there is room for political thought and and questioning. So this is a film that, as I say, we were were proud that it existed, we cherished and minded, and then, earlier this year, we got word that the rubber bandits were interested in uh, presenting the film, or doing something with the film. And I initially quaked and thought, what the hell would they know about <laughs> uh, Peter Lennon's Rocky Road to Dublin? And I, I was protective of it, until I spoke to Blind Boy from Rubber Bandits, and realised that his admiration of the film, and his... his um, empathising with Peter Lennon in his position as somebody who would be prepared to satirise Irish society, uh, to be very critical of what we might consider to be um, a, a very acceptable status quo. Um, so Blind Boy is somebody who, who shares an awful lot of sensibility with Peter Lennon and uh, he, he admitted that he was absolutely inspired by Rocky Road when he and his partner made um, the Rubber Bandits uh, response to 1916, uh, which went out on, on RT on New Year's Day, I think. So um, we, we relinquished our hold on the film and said, okay, Rubber Bandits, over to you. Let's see what you can do with it. So, Blind Boy is coming in to, to speak after the film with Paul Dwan, and it will be, I know, a really fascinating um, respo- responding to the film. But also what is fantastic is that the huge fan base um, that, that Rubber Bandits have will yes. now be exposed to this really fine film mm-hmm. that is, as I say, it kind of shines a light on that period in uh, Irish history. Um. That that is otherwise absent. There, there, There's nothing
0: else quite like Rocky Road to Dublin. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely hoping to catch that one myself. And The Lovers and the Despot. And yes. Uh, uh,
2: tickets for both of those going uh, like hot cakes. Yeah, so yeah. It
0: just seems so.
2: The Lovers and the Despot is crazy. an astonishing story. It's, per- it's a perfect film for. Documentary. Uh, this is my fourth. Decade, sorry, <laughs> it is a perfect film for a documentary film festival in that it is one of those um, you couldn't make it up stories. Yeah. And Kim Jong Il, yes. as we know, was a enormous movie buff, um, and he wanted to create this North Korean um, filmmaking empire to rival that of Hollywood. And um, to that end, uh, kidnapped a celebrity couple from South Korea, director and his his star, who they were also romantically. Um, engaged and kidnapped them both separately over two separate years, and set them up working uh, in his in his um, in his production houses in North Korea. And, but it's a fascinating story in that he had enormous financial largesse, and the director, the kidnapped director, ended up making more films uh, as a, a detainee in in North Korea than he would have never able to yeah. in South Korea. And there is that sort of well. It's not that bad <laughs> a feeling. Um, like they were working on a, on an answer to Titanic as well at one point, um, a North Korean version of as a riposte to James Cameron's Titanic, but they both um, ultimately escaped and fetched up on American shores and are, are around to tell their story in this amazing documentary. Okay, so they feature in the. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're absolutely they're talking heads in the documentary, uh, telling their this bizarre narrative, and we have the two directors of the film, um, who will be joining us on the night. It's a closing film on, on Sunday, so they'll be here for uh, a Q&A to, to take everyone's uh, questions about the strange tale. Fantastic. So looking forward to that.
0: So lots of chatting now. Lots
2: of chatting, <laughs> lots of chatting, yes.
0: Um, I can't let you go, guys, without shining a little light on um, Keeping It Real. The, um, it runs from 4th of October to November 8th, and it is a documentary course.
2: Yes, we do two evening courses here a year um, at the Irish Film Institute, one in spring and one in autumn, and the autumn one is Keeping It Real, as you say, um, to tie in with the Documentary Film Festival. It is a uh, six-week course, I believe, six of weeks. six weeks yeah. of screenings and post-screening discussions from academics, filmmakers, um, hugely renowned and interesting people. Um, I'm not sure if there are any places left. Mm. So it's small enough, the tight group. At places are limited, but um, We're worth looking into. Absolutely, places. there's a, a wonderful lineup of titles, some terrific films there and the discussions afterwards will be very engaged and lots of audience participation, lots of um, supplementary material will be provided and it's a great price as well, so uh, do check it out if there are any places, snap them off. Amazing,
0: and uh, how could I forget the Irish Shorts programme? Uh, Yeah, well
1: the the Irish Shorts programme is an interesting one and it is one where a theme presented itself to us um, when the selection had been done. My colleague Dean Kavna, who works in the Irish Film Programming Department with me, uh, was responsible for for working, sifting through all of the entries. And really what has emerged is a series of portrait films. Um, So some are are conventional portraits, uh, others are a little less conventional. But it's a fine programme of short works. Uh, People may be as interested in the subjects of the documentaries who are often, Artists, and they seem to be uh, very fitting subjects for for short documentary form. There, there's in in some, you know, what we found was most successful was a kind of simple approach, uh, where there would be a a, a lone subject who, who's. Perspectives on lives, where where are being explored in in the short form. So it's a really fine body of work. It, it's all squeezed within one program, and mm-hmm. um, there will be an audience award. So um, filmmakers will bring their friends and family along, but also then regular public will get to to vote um, as to what's the the, the most representative uh, short doc from twenty sixteen. Okay, and that's
0: on this Saturday at twelve. I think is it twelve in the afternoon. I think so. Yes. Saturday, 24th, yeah. 12pm. Yes. Um, so it goes from the 22nd to the 25th, and tickets range from 10.50 to 15 euros, I think. Um, and they're selling like hotcakes, so go along and get them yes um, thanks a million
2: for there, there is also sorry to uh, there is also a nice deal where you have five films for 40 euro as well so just to that's a deal, just a throw that's a good deal isn't it yeah that's a very yes. good deal
0: Um. thanks a million guys and best of luck with it and we'll be seeing you over that weekend thank
2: you thank very you. much if you tell me that didn't record <laughs> it did record. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: did record and from the top thank you guys yeah. I'm really yeah. sorry yeah. about that Sure.
1: That would be if we're here all day, just doing.